This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for May 12th, episode 2680, brought to you today by State Line Tech. Good morning, horse people. It's Wednesday morning. That means Jamie and Glenn are back to talk horses with all of you. Well, let's be honest. Jamie talks horses. Glenn is just here to hassle Jamie. Enjoy the show. Well, good morning, everybody. Oh, you know, the world's going apart. All this stuff that's happening, we're going to talk a little bit about it today. But, of course, we started Monday's show talking about Bob Baffert and Medina Mm -hmm. Spirit, and we're starting today's show. Actually, the last three shows, that's what we've been talking about. So, here we are. Um, I kind of don't know where to go with this. Uh, So, yeah, let's just cover the facts. They still don't have the second test back, uh, trying to confirm whether Medina Spirit did have this substance in his blood. They have to do the second test. I'm surprised the second test isn't back when the first one is done in one day. So that's kind of interesting. I think that's been three or four days and they still don't have the results of that, or they do and they haven't released it. I think that's more the case. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Bob Baffert comes out yesterday and says, hey, this horse had dermatitis. By the way, isn't that just like a skin rash? Like, yeah, inflammation of the skin in some place. And uh, he came out yesterday and said, oh, I just found out that he had dermatitis and we were putting ointment on once a day all the way up to race day. And it happened to include the substance that was banned. No way. So now if he had just used Equiderma, I don't think he'd have this problem. I put that as on dermatitis. It's a skin rash. So, I don't know. This one. <laughs> You're speechless. I don't understand. So, they've been putting this medication on the dermatitis this whole time. And nobody thought, oh my gosh, maybe that was it. Or are they grasping at straws because the second test is going to come positive? I, 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 sp- and are we going to get the ointment to <laughs> test it, to look at it? My speculation is. Again, it's taken four days to get this out where normally it took one day to do the test. So my speculation is they let him know ahead of time what the result's going to be, and then he comes out with this dermatitis thing. Uh, which you got to come if you're going <laughs> to if you're going to come out with something, you have to come up with something that's not lameness related, right? And dermatitis or, is easy. <laughs> it's a simple. It's I mean, a. I, it's. It, I just looked up what is beta methadone used for. Beta methadone skin treatments are used to treat itching, swollen, and irritated skin. They can yeah. help with conditions such as eczema. Why didn't anybody figure that out earlier? <laughs> it's a freaking derby horse. You're putting topical steroids on a derby horse, and you're Bob Baffert. You should be smarter than that. Well, yes, Equiderma. Let's be honest, Bob Baffert sees these horses maybe once a month each. (laughs) And even the derby horse, he probably watched it race in the morning. He had nothing to do with the care of this I want to know what this ointment was. (laughs) But then again, he is in charge of what happens with the care of the horse. Ultimately, it's his name on the signature line, right? Uh, So you're going to be a big wig trainer, then you got to know what the hell your people are doing. Okay, they said the ointment is called Otamax. I know I've put Otamax in my dog's ears before, and it's a topical steroid. Why would you put that on a horse? You know, if you know it's a steroid, all steroids are pretty much banned. <laughs> so, uh, before a race, that's just the way it is. That's not rocket science, and that's not new either, by the way. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so <laughs> I, I don't know where to go with this. I checked out by my veterinarian, and my vet recommended the use of an antifungal ointment called Otamax. The veterinary recommendation was supply this ointment daily. This is him to his quote, <clears throat> to give the horse relief, to help heal the dermatitis, and to prevent it from spreading. My barn followed this recommendation, and Medina Spirit was treated with Otamax once a day. 
up until the day. And nobody thought the look. Oh, my God. I don't care what your vet says. You're ultimately responsible to make sure that whatever's in, whatever you give your horse is not banned. Hey, doctor, <laughs> is this legal for horse racing? Like, I will, I mean, I'm a low level eventer and I will not put anything on my horse or in my horse without checking to see if it's legal. I don't know, man. Yeah, this one's getting tough. I, I, you know, I watched one of the big sports announcers uh, did an interview. It happened to be where I just saw it on YouTube, but it was on Fox News or some one of the news stations. And he was like, you know, there's been a lot of smoke <laughs> this year around yeah. this particular trainer. And, it, you know, if he didn't directly know, which he may not have, again, he's got hundreds of people working for him. But then if you're at that level, you're hundreds of people know, better know what the hell they're doing because ultimately you're the one that's going to pay the price. Oh, his quote, second, horse racing must address its regulatory problem when it comes to substances which can innocuously find their way into a horse's system. Oh, miraculously. <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs> now it's racing's fault. Those darn drug rules. I got news for you, Bob. With this new commission that just was voted into law, there are going to be more rules. <laughs> so. Yeah, this ain't nothing yet. All right, so what happens to Medina Spirit now? Well... Again, miraculously, there was a deal made with Preakness, and the Preakness people said, you know what, we're just going to do some extra testing, but we're going to let this horse in, because guess what? If they don't let Medina Spirit run this race, nobody watches. Nobody. Nobody cares. And now with the extra attention on Medina Spirit, everybody's going to care, and everybody's going to watch. So now they're saying they're going to do extra testing all the way up to race day. And... uh yeah. Let's take him off that Otamax <laughs> and see what happens. <laughs> I don't know how long you have to be off of that before it doesn't show either, right? It's 14 days usually for this particular substance. But I'm I have guessing... One word. I watched um, <laughs> Princess Bride last night, and the, the quote that pops in my mind from that movie, thinking about this, is ready. <clears throat> Morons. <laughs> <laughs> morons. There okay. you go. Okay. All of them. This is speculation too. So yeah, I can't be quoted on this because I'm I'm in the safety zone of speculation here. Um, Allegedly, <laughs> they're still morons. <laughs> I'm guessing that no matter what these tests say, all the way up to you know what, no matter what these tests say, all the way up to race day, this horse is going to run. And no, no matter what the drug tests say after, he's not going to be kicked out because if he wins, again, Belmont, nobody watches if this horse doesn't go to Belmont. So just saying. I mean, some of us do. <laughs> but that's just us. Oh, all of this is just bad. You know, it's just bad. It just puts in like we didn't need another black eye in racing <laughs> for the general public. I mean, you know. Anyway, our Purina Health segment today features Dr. Wendy Ying, who's going to speak to us about ticks, because I've seen more posts with people saying that ticks are really bad this year. She's going to talk how to deal with them and what to do if your horse has been zapped by a deer tick and Lyme and all of that. Plus, our Equiderma guest is up-and-coming para-equestrian Andy Sue Roth. Uh, And we're obviously going to deal with some of the other things going on in the news, like gas shortages and... You have some weird news, too. So it's a news day here on the show. Uh, Weird news. It's all pretty much just weird. (laughs) It's a weird day. My Daily Winnie, as usual. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday to you. Well, happy birthday to Heather Weimer, Megan Lalonde, and Ruth McCormick, our fellow cruiser. Happy birthday to all three of you. Oh, my gosh. You, uh, a few weeks ago, maybe a week ago, I can't remember. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I asked listeners, you know, it's really exciting to get to know people that listen to our podcast. You know, I listen to other podcasts and I don't know those people, but I threw, feel through the auditor's room on Facebook and by lots of people sending me messages and stuff. I get to know some of you. And I said, so I would like to get to know people that aren't auditors. I would like y'all to send me emails, jamie at horseradionetwork.com. And oh my gosh, I got the cutest 
email. It actually came to both of us. And it is a young lady in Sweden. Her name is Annabelle. And I wanted to give her and her horse Beamer my daily Winnie. They're cute as can be. She is an entrepreneur trying to raise money, making things to sell to rescue horses. And I just... I'm just glad that there's somebody like you in the world, Annabelle. That cut pony is the cutest pony ever. <laughs> it's so Little cute. Little your ponies. <laughs> and, oh, my gosh. She is so cute. Hi, Annabelle. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. She said her mean mom won't let her be an auditor. You know, she's like <laughs> pretty much 13. what she said. <laughs> she's almost 13. She's not allowed. So anyway, keep messaging all of us. And those of you who uh, are listening that aren't auditors, send us a message. We'd love to get to know you. You live on the West Coast, so you're not here. You haven't been privy probably to the gas situation here on the I'm East not Coast. on the West Coast, but I'm I'm in the You're middle. In the middle, and, and, yeah. Um, and I have friends and family in Georgia and all along the East Coast and it is what is going on? <laughs> well we had this hack attack. We had this hacker attack, uh, a Russian cyber crime gang who's been known to attack things and uh uh, demand ransom, and the, usually they get payouts right away. So the company gets attacked. They uh, threaten to release all the you know nitty gritty information about the company unless they pay up their millions of dollars. And usually the company pays just because they can't get back in their systems and can't get back to work. I did hear a report that this cyber particular cyber crime group uh, doesn't usually target hospitals or things. They don't want to kill people, so they're called the dark side, appropriately enough. Um, they apparently don't have any direct correlation to the Russian government, apparently. Who knows? Um, it is Russia. But so they attacked this colonial pipeline people who have a pipeline that basically runs from Texas and then up to the East Coast and Georgia and up there all the way to Washington, D.C. Well, they attacked the company and which shut down the pipeline. And, and the company, instead of paying the ransom, uh, shut down the pipeline because apparently the systems control the valves and all the things that are along the pipeline. So basically the Russian hacker group could have done anything they wanted to to mess that up. So they basically blocked them out, shut down the system, and are now contacted the FBI. And from what I heard from a tech podcast I listened to, this group, the dark side, isn't prone, it doesn't really like a lot of attention. They like to quietly attack, get their millions, and go. Um, it's just usually what happens with companies. And I don't feel like the dark side would <laughs> lend itself to being quiet and, you know, under the radar. <laughs> well, you they, call yourself the dark side. Well, they apparently oh. don't like governments involved in tracking them down, which is now what's happened. <laughs> so anyway, I wanted to see if this was all hype or if in fact there were shortages. So I posted on the auditor room this morning and it looks like listeners in Virginia, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Northern Florida are having trouble getting gas. Apparently, this is a thing. And people are stocking up and hoarding and immediately went into hoarding mode, just like the toilet paper. And here we are. We, we're running out. of. And now I'm hearing that some of the Ocala stations are out of gas. Again, I don't think it would be a problem if people would just calm down. <laughs> It's not, not toilet paper is not a problem, guys. Come on, really. And now gas, like it would have been fine had y'all not freaked out. There was this picture one of greedy. our listeners posted of this guy who had this huge plastic tank. I mean, must have been 250 gallon plastic tank on a trailer behind his truck, and he was filling it up with gas. It is not an approved gas container. It's so basically he's driving a bomb. So I mean. <laughs> It was just crazy. But I do have a helpful hint for those of you that are in this area. Remember a couple of years ago during Irma, we couldn't find gas in the entire state of Florida. But, you know, that was because there was a hurricane coming to Category 5 that destroyed half the state. Um, but there is an app called the Gas Buddy app. So it is a handy app in times when gas gets short. And it does show you who has gas and who doesn't. And apparently some of them were rural stations that get off 95. Some have it. And I've seen reports. Of, I'm on a bunch of the camper Facebook pages. There are actual people hauling their RVs that are stuck uh, at, at, at stress stops and places because they can't get gas. They can't, they can't go anywhere. So mm -hmm. it is becoming an issue. God, it's not one thing, it's another in the last two years. But here we go. Thank you, Russian attackers. 
Thank you, Dark Side. I'm not going to say, I think, to be honest, Jamie, that they are a wonderful group of people because I am sure my systems have less security than Colonial uh, did on their system. So Those I think they're wonderful. Those Dark people are so nice. <laughs> they're oh so God, friendly. They're so sweet. They don't try and hurt people. All they want is big corporations' money. I don't think that's bad at all. I think it's just That's fine. not you, so you're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to get much out of us, even if they do attack. Can't take blood from a turnip, my mama always said. Yeah, keep that in Mark Dark Side. We're a podcasting company. We don't make money. So just keep that in mind. In case The algorithms are detecting you. I know. <laughs> no, I mentioned their name. We're in trouble now. All right. State Line Tax sponsors this show. Uh, they, they also don't have a lot of money. They're just a little company. You don't want to bother with them. Uh, but they do ship a lot of product. And one of their I went to their website and I went to the homepage and apparently the spring riding apparel is in now. So all the spring riding apparel is in. Let me see how many pages. There's nine pages of riding apparel you can choose from in their spring collection. And I got to tell you, colors started coming in about five years ago. I mean, bright bright colors started coming in and being a thing. And colors are still here, but uh, I did notice that a lot of more muted colors this year. Uh, So they're not quite as bright as they were, but patterns are in, it appears. Uh, Some colors are in. I'm looking at some of the Ariat clothing has some pretty bright colors. Uh, But all kinds of new carrots breeches and new carrots tops. Carrots usually comes out with new stuff every year. And it looks great. I mean, the Carrots Infinity show shirts and uh, all the different stuff they have on here. Uh, But you definitely want to take a look because there is a bunch of new stuff right now. And there's just that, it's that time of year where you have to just get the regular stuff. You know, like, I'm sorry, fly bags, a little fly trap things I use. I got to get some of those. I got to get the fly spray and the t- uh, anything that manages pests, bugs. Ugh, you got to deal with it. So now's the time to stock up on all of that stuff. You know, you didn't buy it last fall. So, you know, you got to get it. So get your pest control solutions at statelinetech.com. Well, before we get to our horse health report, I just have one bit of news, and that's the USEF, U.S. Equestrian, is implementing their new protocols regarding COVID, and it starts on May 17th. And what they're saying is, if you're outside, you no longer have to wear masks at USEF licensed competitions. Now, they're saying when you go inside, you still have to wear masks. But when you're outside at a show, masks are no longer a requirement. I think everybody that was at uh, Land Rover probably is pissed right now. (laughs) They were all wearing their masks. There was nobody there! (laughs) No, the riders, I mean. (laughs) The riders and the grooms and everybody else. So, yeah, that uh, now they're saying that, obviously, local jurisdictions, if they require masks, you have to wear them. And horse shows can require you to do whatever they want locally. That's up to them. But as far as the overall rule, that's the overall rule. And, of course, we're allowing what up to 40 or 50% now of spectators at shows. So things are loosening up a little bit at a time. But one of the things I know that you guys have had an issue with, and I don't know, have you seen any ticks out there in Oklahoma yet this spring? Oh, man. I actually went into the field. and what? <laughs> So you didn't know the game Pokemon Go? Mm-hmm. It's this stupid game on your stupid phone. There's stupid Pokemon that like appear. Playing that about ten years ago, right? <laughs> yes, I'm sure they did, but they're not my seven year old son who was just told about it at school, so oh, he no. has to download Pokemon the new Go. Generation. But, oh my god! And and turns out, Glenn, Pokemon like water, and so we have this tiny little pond on our property, and Pokemon Go recognized our tiny little pond, and there was three dang Pokemon in our pond. I'm getting to the point of the story, is that I had to traipse through my entire pasture with my son, who's staring at his phone, trying to make sure, I'm trying to make sure he doesn't walk into the pond, trying to catch Pokemon, so we get all these things done, and we come back up to the house, and he's like, um, there's nothing on my back. I pulled off 10 ticks off my child. Like, really? I mean, yes. And I'm like, get in the shower, tea tree oil shampoo and tea tree oil soap. That really <laughs> helps get rid of them. Um, but yeah, I had 10 ticks. And now I was wearing my tall boots, so nothing got, uh, I didn't find any on me. But um, yeah, so yeah, ticks are, ticks are a thing in Oklahoma, Glenn. <laughs> a thing, a big thing. Did you ever have them in Arizona or was it too dry for ticks there? Uh, no, no ticks in Arizona. You just had scorpions and every other bitey thing. Everything right? else tried to kill you, but <laughs> rattlesnakes and scorpions. So, you know, but no ticks, no fleas. 
Well, a couple of years ago, we did a really good segment with Dr. Wendy Ying uh, on ticks, and she talked about, you know, ticks before, ticks after, what you do, you know, keep them off, what you do to, when they get on you, how you take them off, and then what to do after, as far as Lyme disease is concerned. So let's let's re-listen to that. I think I'm going to play this every year at this time because it's so important. So this is Dr. Wendy Ying from a couple of years ago, and this segment is brought to you by Purina Omega Match. Well, you brought up the ticks thing, which brought me down a rabbit hole. Of course, I'm passionate about that topic. Having chronic Lyme disease, I hate ticks and everything to do with them. And we found yes, several we on us this a, year. Uh, a massive amount of ticks here in Oklahoma, which I did not have in Arizona. I'm recently moved here and don't understand what happens in the spring. What is this thing? What is spring? Well, and then I've, I've read articles and I posted things that you're supposed to pull them off to tweezers and blah. And then there's people say, don't pull them off. And it's just a controversy. So who other to get on to talk about this than our very own Dr. Wendy Ying, who does the driving show and is our resident veterinarian here on the Horse Radio Network. Dr. Wendy, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, we Hi, can. Wendy. Yay. Hey, I'm so excited that not only is it Tick Day, but also Baby Birds in the House Day. (laughs) (laughs) Every day is Baby Birds in the House Day for you, isn't it? Yeah, for both of us, let's be honest. (laughs) Um, Somebody also sent me, by the way, Glenn, on that pull off the ticks. And then they were like, oh, because I said I was putting them on the ground and squishing them with a rock, like grinding them into the ground of the rock. And somebody's like, no, don't do that because they will pop into your eyeballs and then you'll get the disease. There have been <laughs> like, so many. I mean, when you get on the Lyme Facebook pages, everybody disagrees no. about it. Everybody. So, Wendy, set us straight. What's the deal? Okay. So, you can think about it like this. The, the tick... Is full of, uh, like, say you're trying to avoid limes or whatever disease you're trying to avoid, right? It's full of all this, like, bacteria and yucky stuff. So if you squish it, you have more chance of getting that blood on you. Also, like, if you twist the tick and pull it apart, right, a lot of times the head gets stuck in there. So, like, it's going to spit all the blood back into the horse. So what you're trying to do is pull it off with the like least amount of damage to the tick possible. And then you can kill it in something like rubbing alcohol. Like if you have a lot of ticks you're pulling off, just get a little jar of rubbing alcohol and just put them in the rubbing alcohol. That's what Jennifer does. She uses the alcohol. That's how she kills them. But what are you supposed to pull them off with? Now, I read a couple things on the Lyme pages again that said, use a tweezers, pull them off. And then there are people that say, don't do that because they basically, once you start to pull them off, they throw up all their stuff into the person or the animal. Right. So that's why you grab them as close to the head as possible. You don't want them to throw up the blood. That's what I'm saying. But if you grab them with tweezers and pull them off, that's great. But We're, like, okay, you're at the barn. Yeah. Right? Okay. I you have, might have tweezers. I have something that I have in my grooming box now, and it is called the tick check tick remover. And it's this little green thing and it has it's like a I it's I don't know what it is, but it's about three inches long and you kinda it kinda like just goes up and, and the tick head just slides into the middle of it and and you pull them out. And it's sort of like the end of the hammer that you pull nails out with. Yes. Kind of like perfect. That. But like yeah. super small. And now I've got that in my thing. I don't think it's the easiest one to use. There must be an easier one because you have to really get it lined up exactly perfect or it just kind of combs the tick. You know, there's well, got to be a better way. There, here, this is what I usually do. I use something that kills the tick. And so once you spray it with something, it lets go. I'm hoping it's not throwing up. Okay, this is the very non-scientific. By the way, way anybody eating breakfast this morning, you're welcome. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> but like I use um my favorite fly spray is that EcoVet fly spray yeah, that Glenn, the stinky one. Oh, it's, it's so stinky, stinky. But it works. And that actually does kill the ticks. So you just spray it on and then the ticks are either like killed or stunned. Then they're much easier. Easy. Yeah, they're much easier to get off. Also, things that kill ticks are something that you have at the barn every day. Any permethrin-based fly spray, okay, that will kill the ticks. Piranhas, so just, the yellow. Yeah, the, the piranha box. is great. And you can spray that on the tick and then wait a little, like a couple minutes, and then they're easier to pull off. 
So what what do you look for? Okay, so let's say that's that's what we do, and and you know it's kind of hard to check. The problem with ticks is there's two kinds. There's the big fat ones, who who pose less danger as far as disease is concerned, and then there's the little tiny is deer ticks. Is that true or is that, that a is myth, true? No, that Wendy. Yeah, that, that is, is true. true. That the is little true. teeny tiny ones that you can't see are the ones that can spread the Lyme disease. So, so but my, the big fat ones can spread other diseases to horses. So the question is, how, how do you find the little ones? I mean, they're so little. Well, they're like impossible to find, especially if you have a horse that has like feathers, you know, so like any draft horses. But the thing about ticks, and I have to say, I'm super lucky in Sarasota because we don't have ticks and I hate ticks. But um, in other places that I've lived, ticks have been a real problem, like in Virginia, North Carolina. Like um, in Oklahoma. (laughs) In Oklahoma, Kentucky. But what you can do is like the ticks, what they do is uh, they they sit on like long grass or bushes and they hold their little arms out waiting for someone to come by and they grab on. So they're going to try to grab onto their legs or their tail. So during tick season, it's really important that you spray their legs down really well with either permethrin or the EcoVet or you can use a repellent. Uh, like, you know, any kind of DEET mosquito spray is it, that repels ticks. And then if you want to go for a natural repellent, uh, there's this, this um, it's called oil of lemon eucalyptus. And the brand name is Repel. So you can buy that online and that repels ticks and mosquitoes as well as DEET, which DEET is a synthetic chemical, whereas the oil of lemon eucalyptus is an essential oil. Does it actually if work? You, yeah. Yeah, it works. Okay. Another thing you can use, um, which I've used in the past, is frontline spray, which is fipronil. It's like a flea and tick thing for dogs and cats, but it comes in a pump sprayer. So you can spray that on their legs and tail. You don't want to really spray it all over. That's pretty pricey. Okay, here's the thing. I was going to say, I I was going to ask you about that because I bought a bottle off Amazon of the frontline spray. Mm -hmm. My horses were all coming in and and my veterinarian is the one who suggested this. The horses are all coming in with, they have the ticks all over their chest and in their armpits in their front. So I've been pulling with this little stupid tool, these stupid ticks off these stupid horses. And so she's like, what you want to do? is take the spray and just spritz their legs once and just spray their chest and armpits. And since I did that, I have not pulled any ticks off those areas. I did pull one off Zeus between his butt. So then I sprayed yeah. it like between his back legs. Right. But that's a really common place, like the inner thigh between their back legs. Cause it, they go to where the skin is thin or like you find a lot of around the anus yeah, and underneath the tail. So you want to, but, but you see, if you sprayed his tail and his hind legs, you're hoping that while they crawl up their little legs, that they'll die from the front line before they get to the, to the place where they can attach. Right. Right. I'm, I'm, I've had some fair amount of success in the like two weeks that I've been working on this. So, or a week and a half. So I'm glad to know it'll keep going. Now I am looking at this repel and then what is the, how long does the EcoVet fly spray work? Because I've heard you guys talk about it for years. I've never bought it before because um, I never really needed it. So what yeah. is this EcoVet and what's so special oh, about it? it? It's um, And see, EcoVet is pretty natural, right? So permethrin is a synthetic chemical. And also the one down thing about permethrins is, I mean, we can't live without that, but it does um, affect all uh, other insects right so if you if you're a beekeeper or you're worried about um uh beneficial insects then spraying too much permethrin in your area can be bad the fipronil uh frontline spray also is a chemical but the ecovet is just um it's food grade fatty acids in like a silicone base but in some way these fatty acids um kill insects now so be aware it does smell a bit like a lot like Glenn is apparently really affected by this. It's, you know what it smells like to me? It's like 
it, it affects Glenn the way skin so soft affects me. I hate skin so soft. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, it gives me a major headache. Uh, and this EcoVet gives Glenn the major headache. Now, one of the things that w- we saw a lot of people post about, and I'm sure Jamie saw it too, was the drops. Is it the frontline drops? Whatever. The drops you put on their back supposed to protect them for a month. Do they work? And, you know, some people said, well, people, horses have reactions. We use them on the dog, you know. So what? what's the story? Those drops are permethrin drops. Okay. So if uh, you can use those, uh, you know how they tell you to put it on the back of the leg, down the mane, down the tail, right? And it's supposed to spread out. I um, I have used those in the past, but I found that spraying them once a day is a better option. And then also you're looking more. So if you're if you have a horse that's turned out, you're not going to do anything with them. Uh, you know, you're not going to spray them every single day. Those drops might be a good option, mm-hmm. you know, but really, um, if it, the best way to get rid of ticks and the, uh, is to groom them every day and spray them down. So, Wendy, we've been getting a lot of deer ticks here in Ocala. We've never had them before. This is the first year. And I've had them on me. I've had a couple. I found a couple on me. Fortunately, I hadn't latched on yet. And we found a couple on the horses. And what Jennifer does, she pulls them off and then puts them in the, you know, alcohol to kill them. But then she actually shaves the spot and keeps an eye on it for the bullseye rash, especially with the deer ticks. So is, is that something that's good to do? Well, after you get the tick off, even if it's not infected with uh, limes or, or leakia, or, you know, it uh, they have so much bacteria on their mouth parts that they can get an infection, just a skin infection. So when you pull the tick off, you should wash it with soap and water. And then you can put on any antibiotic ointment or, you know, I use a lot of silver spray in my practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but you want to, you can get a local infection there. Okay. But um, in in horses, we don't always see the bullseye rash. Right. You know, if they have black skin. You don't. Well, you won't see it. What I've noticed is that when I do pull a tick off, there's a there's a fairly hard bump there for a while. So that is that the infection inside yeah, the skin. That, that's like the skin. Horses. Um. You know how horses make. Uh. The reason that horses can have a big chunk of muscle come off, and then like. A year later, you're like, oh, I don't, I didn't even remember he had that big wound. Horses are great at making granulomatous tissue that fills in big holes. So like proud flesh, right? Horses are great mm-hmm. at making proud flesh. So that's that reaction that's, that you're seeing. They're reacting to that tick bite. So, okay. So one other question to follow it out here then. Um, what do we keep an eye out for as far as Lyme disease is concerned? What do we watch for symptomatically with the horse? Well, the problem is uh, with Lyme, when they first get bitten by the tick, you really don't see much. Right. Right. In the beginning. So uh, if you are in, a, in an area that's endemic for Lyme and you have. Which, by multiple, the way, they say is all 50 states now. Right. Yeah. And you have multiple tick bites on your horse, just like with people, whether you see the bullseye or not you're assuming that you have been exposed to Lyme's disease and the treatment is antibiotics immediately, right? So when you first get bitten by a tick, they put you on two weeks of doxycycline. That's something that you can discuss with your vet and um, decide to do depending on the tick bites and your area and the, and the amount of Lyme's disease you have. Okay. But, but if, if Lyme's if Lyme's disease is endemic in the United States, it's like it's like Eastern encephalitis. Okay, it's spread by mosquitoes. So here in Florida, we have mosquitoes year round, so we have to vaccinate for that. That's important because that's endemic in the United States. So your chances of getting Lyme is is proportional to how many times you get bitten by a tick. Okay. okay, so my horses don't get bitten by ticks because we don't have ticks in Sarasota. So their chance of getting Lyme is low. But if you're pulling off 20 ticks off your horse in one day and you have Lyme's disease in those that tick population, then your chances are, are much higher. 
And we're not even going to talk about that uh, thorny-legged tick they're finding all over New York that's causing all that the problems up there. Uh, oh, yeah. We're not, I saw a report on that yesterday. Apparently, where was it, on Long Island, that half the deer population has these the, – I don't know. They're the ones they that after you, get, yeah, after you get bit, you can't eat meat anymore. You become a vegetarian yeah. because you yeah. get sick. The <laughs> vegan tick. Man, yeah, it's the vegan tick. It's true, though. It sounded like an April Fool's joke, but apparently it's not. No, it's true. I know somebody that had that. Ugh. You know, my friend Larissa's mom has it. She's it like, awful. Uh, you know, anyway, we're going to end on a, on a happy note here. Well, the happy note was now you've gotten the official opinion of Dr. Wendy Ying of what to do. I have uh, one more happy note. Yeah? You need to get guineas because guineas eat tons and tons of ticks every day. So, Jamie, you need chickens to get guineas. Get chickens again? I wanted to talk to you about this. Um, chickens will do it, but guineas eat more and guineas- they're more fun. <laughs> they're more loud. They're more friendly. Now, the problem I have with that is we have a abundant coyote population here. Well, then you'll be like, giving them lunch too. It's a circle of life, Jamie. I don't want to participate in the circle of life. Blend. <laughs> I want things dead. Okay, that's all I want. <laughs> you want dead chickens. <laughs> so that's a, the thing is we're building a coop to like keep the chickens in. They're going to have to live in this coop, and the geese like walk around with us. But then I have to put them back. They they own a stall in my barn. Um, and then I've got like, I just don't want to feed, you know, uh, can guineas are guineas territorial enough and crazy enough to, to live amongst coyotes. Yeah. Guineas are pretty good. As long as they can get up into the trees where the coyotes can't get them. Okay. And you know what? I have another great idea for you. You know what you need if you have a coyote problem? Donkeys. You need a donkey. Mini donkeys. Yeah, I'm sure Chad will go for that. Maybe oh even Poitou. Big donkey. We're just going to... To get rid of the ticks, I'm going to get some guineas. To get rid of the coyotes, they're going to eat the guineas. Yeah. I got to get some donkeys. And, and have to, to get, get rid of the husband, I have to get the donkeys. So, or you it, can get those big dogs. Like, uh, you can get guard dogs. <laughs> I got to get more dogs. More Great dogs tyranny. for the donkeys that are going to take care of the I don't think you're helping, Doc. I don't think you're helping her marriage, Dr. Wendy. You're going to be paying for the counseling here soon. So, so Wendy, the blood's before, on your hands, Dr. Wendy. <laughs> Before you go, Wendy, thank you for joining us. By the way, it's drwendying.com, and she, of course, is on the driving episode every month here on Horses in the Morning. If your horses can't get out in green grass for their daily dose of omegas, Purina's got you covered. The Purina team of PhD equine nutritionists have two new products that are rich in omega-3 fatty acids and taste better than many sources. And that's looking at you, fish oil. I I took fish oil pills for a while. It was awful. (laughs) Try the new Purina Omega Match Timothy-based ration balancer and the Ahi Oil Supplement to see for yourself why these are among some of the best omegas that nature offers. It takes science and love together, each pulling their weight, to help your horses live their best lives. Put our research to the test at PurinaMills.com slash Omega Match. That's PurinaMills.com slash Omega Match. The Horsemanship Radio Podcast is dedicated to the advancement of great horsemanship throughout the world. Monty Roberts often stops by to present on this podcast, hosted by his daughter and legacy strategist, Debbie Roberts-Lauks. The show includes segments, tips, and interviews exploring effective training centered on the well-being of the horse. This multiple award-winning podcast has 1.6 million downloads to date. Horsemanshipradio.com, sponsored by Hands-On Gloves and Monty Roberts University. Well, our next guest is our Equiderma guest of the week, and she is one of the up-and-comers in the para world, and her name is Andy Sue Roth. She's out of California. She's 16 years old, and she is going to the Olympics in 2024. I'm just throwing that out there, Andy. I'm I'm giving you the use the, the secret, doubt. Glenn. Yes, <laughs> you right. put it out there to the world, right. and it'll happen. <laughs> but that's one of your goals, isn't it? It is. Yes. It- it is one of my major goals, and I'm really hoping that I can come true. Now, you, you're, you're an interesting case because you're a para rider, but you also do all different kinds of riding through Pony Club. You've done eventing and Western, and I know you've done games and things, So, and you're all the way up to a C2, so you've done pretty well. <laughs> yes, I, I strongly believe in cross-training. Um, I, I think my horse 
likes to do all sorts of different things um, instead of getting bored of just doing the same um, thing over and over again. So we'll go on a trail ride like right before like a, a dressage show or something and it really helps his brain um, get ready for uh, what I'm trying to ask him to do that's a lot higher level so that he can kind of chill out sometimes. What level are you riding dressage right now? How, how far have you gotten? At, um, at the moment, I just took uh, Blue, the learning horse. Um, he's going first level at the moment, but I've been doing uh, my para test, and I'm working on my novice test A and B uh, for the grade five paras, which is around like second to third level. Wow. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. So I want to talk to you. Why are you a para? Uh, yeah. So when my parents adopted me at 15 months old, um, I had a deformed foot and it was missing some of the bones that needed to be there for my foot. And the doctors told my mom that once I got heavier, that my foot wouldn't be able to support me anymore. So either she amputated it or I just be stuck in a wheelchair all the time. So she decided that amputation would be better. And I, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so they decided to amputate it and I've never known anything different. And prosthetic. Did you get a prosthetic right away or? Um, Well, after the amputation, it takes a, it takes a while to, um, Recover it takes like a year or so like that. Um, but then Shriners was able to make me um, a prosthetic leg. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. And isn't Shriners the coolest organization ever? It really is. They've been absolutely amazing and always are there if I have any issues. <laughs> um, they're there overnight sometimes. It's Absolutely amazing. Well, this uh, this little thing has not stopped you. I, I know you're a driven person and you really are competitive, and this certainly hasn't stopped you from wanting to be the best at what you do. But I know there's a horse mm-hmm. that helped you get to this point, too. Tell us about your horse, and I'm talking about your first horse. Yeah, yes. Um, Tam has been absolutely amazing. He is literally the wonder horse. <laughs> He's uh, apparently famous at my barn. Um, everybody knows him. And uh, he, uh, we learned together, actually. Uh, when I first started riding him, he could barely canter a circle. And now he's toting little kids r- along and jumping, like, bigger and novice height with them. Um, yeah, he is, he's been amazing all throughout uh, my life. What so. kind is Tam? He is a Morgan. Okay, He's cool. He's 18 years old, yeah. Very cool. And what are you riding now? So what? Who, what's your horse now? Yes, I am riding Blue uh, at the moment, and he's 10 years old and still learning what his new job is, but he's actually really coming along. Um, so, yeah. And would you, and tell us a little bit, is he, uh, what, what breed is he? Oh, yes. Uh, he is an off-the-track thoroughbred. Uh, he raced on the track for, I think, six years. And uh, we found him, or his other owner found him in a kill pen. And then didn't really have anything that she could use him for. But she saw him and was like, this poor horse should not be in a kill pen. So she took him in, and then we bought him. And... It's all turned out great ever since. Look at that, Jamie. A retired thoroughbred doing dressage. I couldn't love it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't love it anymore. That's awesome. Is that one gray? Is that the gray one? No, this one's the bay one. The bay one. Okay, good. Glenn, you can't do that on thoroughbreds. They're too crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what's really amazing, Jamie, is this girl, you flew to Wellington, right? Weren't you in the shows in Wellington? I did, yeah. But you were catch riding there. I was, yeah. And did pretty well catch riding. That's not easy. I mean, especially for dressage at the level that you're talking about. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, I am always riding the naughty ponies at home. So that also did help a little bit, even though Aniko, who is a horse in Wellington, he's not a naughty horse at all. But it really helps just kind of riding all different types of horses to get prepared to ride that one. And it did take a little bit to uh, figure them out because they don't know uh, what my cues are because <laughs> my leg, it's kind of just, you know, a stiff, uh, kind of hard, kind of feels like maybe a sticker. I don't know, something like that. But they don't really, they, they, they can't tell that it's flesh because it doesn't feel like that. And, uh, and so it, we had a little bit of trouble getting him to canter for a little while, (laughs) but, um, no, I really like trying to figure out a horse and, um, going into a show ring because most of, uh, the dressage, you kind of want to show them your connection with the horse. Um, and it kind of like challenges me more to figure out this horse and, um, and uh, figure out what the puzzle is. So it's absolutely amazing, and I love it. She's going to be taking your job someday, Jamie. Jamie uh, brings retired uh, thoroughbreds and, uh, from the rescue and actually trains them so they find good homes. And uh, so she's riding the same. Oh. She's learning the same kind of skills that uh, you're learning now about how to ride anything, oh. you know, which is I, I so love fun. what you said there. I think that not enough kids get the opportunity to ride anything and everything, and especially the naughty ones, because that's how you learn. You learn to stay on. You learn to be better, and mm-hmm. it takes you further. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know Jamie was riding the naughty ones when she was young, too. So I still ride the naughty <laughs> ones. I'm so t- I'll, I'll get a horse and get it trained up. It's perfect. Then, uh, you know, you got to sell it and find it its person and then start over. So I'm always yeah. feel like I'm just always chasing the chasing the horse shows. I never quite make it to them. <laughs> but that's okay. That's what I that's what my calling was to do. And your calling is to go be in the Olympics. And um and what you're doing could not prepare you anymore. So I I, I admire you. You're amazing. And I you know who I really admire is your mama. She's done a really good yes. job. She is amazing. My mother is. So amazing. Is she ringside <laughs> so cheering you on all the time? And does she really understand dressage? She really does. Yeah. yeah. She was um she was an inventor uh, uh okay. originally and she has just learned the dressage world um along with me and has been a very uh good has support person for me and believes in my dream and helps me go do my dream. Um, which has been you. absolutely amazing. That's really yeah. amazing. You know, you wouldn't be here today uh, this far, how long, if you didn't have supportive parents. So I think that's great. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. now I do know that you use Equiderma products as well. So tell us which products you use. Yeah, I absolutely love my Equiderma products. Um, I use the shampoo, conditioner, the sheath cleaner, um, the lotion, uh the uh the sunscreen um and so much more that is going off the top uh not in my head for some reason <laughs> so but this <laughs> is every product they have <laughs> why do you yeah. like it why do you like it um i love their products because uh they i'm allergic to a lot of things and my horse blue is also very sensitive um and Tam could not be like sensitive at all because he's this like non-sensitive horse. But um, it works for all my horses, and it works like amazingly. Um, and they're like all natural, and so I don't break out in hives. My horse doesn't break out in hives, and it makes them shine like no, no other. So um, that's why I like it, and. They have made their shampoo where it's not um, abundantly sudsy, but it's sudsy enough to, like, know that you're actually cleaning your horse. And it doesn't take forever for the soap to come off, which is something that I really like because I like seeing suds, but I don't want to spend hours trying to get all the suds off. So that's why I like Equiderma. 
And well, that, that's a testament. And ironically, the Equiderma products help with hives. So uh, not only yes, do you not get yeah. them, they actually help with them too. So Equiderma.com yeah. <laughs> is where you can find all of the products. And we appreciate them uh, arranging so that we could talk to you today. Now, good luck, yeah. but we're going to be watching and we'd love to follow up with you as you make your way to France in 2024, okay? Okay. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, Andy Sue. Well, there we go. One of the up-and-comers in the paradressage world. Charlotte, look out. She's coming after you. She's going to be there in no time. Nah, they're going to be teammates. Oh, they, they will be teammates. Yes, that's true. And I, I think uh, Charlotte's a different grade anyway, so they wouldn't be riding in the same classes. She's a grade five. Uh, so good. I, I, you know, it's nice to hear, hear from uh, 16-year-olds that have it that together. Because I certainly didn't when I was 16. (laughs) Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race. In Jamie's Weird News. Oh, I don't know where to start with this weird news. First of all, I must say that all of you who send me weird news, there's a lot of you. Thank you to Anna, Rochelle, Alicia, Lorene, Sandy, and Andrew. And some of you sent me more than one story. However, um... I now that I've learned that there's a 12 year old in Sweden listening, I could not do one of the stories because there was a lot of naughty words. Um, <laughs> and uh, another one was a little inappropriate. So, um, remember these people send me these weird news stories. I used to just find them myself. And now if you see a weird news story, you're like, read it. And you're like, Hmm, that's weird. Send it to me. That's what I want to hear. Jamie at horseradionetwork.com. In the subject line, put weird news. Um, now, uh, another one was sent to me about a senator that did something inappropriate. And um, <laughs> it was funny, but I couldn't read it because it was a New York Times article. And every time oh, I clicked on it, I had yeah. to like, sign up to see it. I'm getting so, blocked out of a lot of news places now. Yes, it's it's pretty irritating. So these are the ones that I could read that were not inappropriate. <laughs> so why don't we start in... Come on. Where should we start, Glenn? Florida. Let's go to Florida, <laughs> How people. Did I know you would have one. Did you know, this is, we're going to go to Clearwater, but did you know that the odds of matching the first five Powerball numbers are 1 in 11,688,054? That's a lot. And that, that ticket will win you $1 million. Well, on April 17th, two people in the nation hit that prize. One of them was a Clearwater city council member. The million dollar ticket was bought at a Clearwater in Publix. And when Hoyt Hamilton went to check, check the numbers, he, he says, I handed her my two tickets. I'd played Florida lotto and I'd played Powerball. The lotto ticket went through and it dinged and said, winning ticket. And so the lottery machine spit out a note saying that he had won more than $600 and Hamilton had to go to a regional office to collect the winning. So he doesn't know how much he won. He just knows he won more than $600. So the clerk <laughs> handed him back the Florida lottery ticket and just threw out the Powerball ticket. No. Uh, yeah, wrong one. <laughs> they gave him the non-winner. Um, so she put it in the trash can, didn't no. think anything of it. Yeah. And he got home and he realized... Um, this is not the winning ticket. She could she not tell how much he had won? Oh, no, she she couldn't tell the second one. She never ran that. She no, she ran them both. One was a winner, one was not a winner. Oh, gotcha. Okay, and so she She handed him back the non winner and threw the winner in the garbage. (laughs) So he uh gets home and he's like, dollar mistake. Yeah, he gets home and he's like, oh my God. And so he gets back in the car, peels off, heads to the to the store. It's been like two hours before he realized that he runs. He's like, Did you empty your trash? Did you empty your trash? <laughs> and they're like, uh, no. And he's like, Give me your trash man. <laughs> so he like goes and dumps all of it out. And all the public workers got together and they're all like sorting through the trash that were behind the counter, and they found his oh ticket. God. He said he still didn't know what it was worth when they gave it back to him. So he went into the parking lot and realized he won $1 million. That <laughs> literally was almost garbage. Oh, oh my God. I mean, I could see the public workers slipping it in their pocket. Like, here's your ticket. But <laughs> yeah. no, it didn't even do that. It wasn't even smart enough to do that <laughs> or crooked <laughs> enough. Oh my God. That's crazy. Yeah. 
Pretty good story. <laughs> that is good pretty story. good. That's a that's a good story out of Florida. It, well, it ended good. Yeah, pretty fun. Uh, this is another one, and uh, this is uh, you know, is anybody looking for a job? Uh, there's a mattress review company called Each Night. And they're looking for people to take part in a study. And the study is offering to pay five people $1,500 to take naps every day for 30 days. So you take a nap and then you have to get up and write about your nap. And they're going to be testing out theories such as like the best nap duration for feeling refreshed, the effects of napping on overall levels of fatigue and the effects of napping on your memory, motivation and productivity. Anyway, the point being you're going to get $1,500 and you have to take a nap <laughs> as really? a mother. That sounds like the greatest job of all time. <laughs> I'm not good at paperwork, but I'll certainly take a nap. I'm sorry. I've got to go. I have to take my nap. It's for work. Does it say how long you have to nap? Did it say that? Uh, no, they're just going to be testing different theories on like different nap lengths, and they're going to like, okay, today you take a fifteen minute nap, tomorrow you take a thirty minute nap, all the Next different day things. You take and, a twelve hour nap. <laughs> yeah, they're accepting applications from all over the world until May thirty first, and you have to go to each night's website, and the website is eachnight.com. And it'll be a I'm sleep get a study. Message to, on Friday from Jamie. Sorry, I have another job. I can't. Keep I have today. to. <laughs> I have to take a month off because I'm going to be a professional be napper. Napping. <laughs> We're going to head up to South Carolina because there's two sisters and they're twins and their name is Carolyn and Candace and they were born just minutes apart. And cause it's in Greenville, South Carolina, we got to have a Southern accent on the story uh, because they're two sisters and they grew up together. And now you know what? They live across the street from each other. They both married. Um, and uh, for the past nine months, they've been pregnant together. So let me get this straight. They're twins. They're born minutes apart. They grew up together, which is not really interesting news because they're twins but now they live across the street from each other and they're, they're both married to the same guy are they just checking you know it doesn't really say that <laughs> <laughs> that'd be really weird um let's see they da, are da, married da, to different people correct caroline the only one it says only it says it mentions caroline's husband in the story okay um, so anyway, they both learned that they had the same due date, which was supposed to be May 11th, which was yesterday. And um, they, oh, so they're supposed to have the same due date. I don't know when this became okay to do, but they decided they were going to be induced on May 5th. Together. Exactly. Ex together. But they're in separate rooms. But guess what? They FaceTimed each other the whole time. How annoyed would you be as a husband <laughs> if you're like, like, you're like, okay, enough with I'd the be sister. The husband, I'd be going, I'll be back. You two deal with this. I'll be back. Maybe that's why it only talks about Carolyn's husband. Maybe. Um, I guess I think there's a been, lot of conspiracy things theories running around my head right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, it could be one husband. Who knows? Um, he had to run back and forth. There's a lifetime room. movie in the making here. <laughs> <laughs> and then apparently, when they started inductions, they got into competitions, and even apparently the nurses got in on the competition to see who's <laughs> going to be born first. Um, and one was born at 4:43, and the other was born at 5:18 <laughs> at the same hospital next door to each other. From twins, both mom, babies, boys, and dads are all just fine. Does what? it say whether both boys or both girls? Um, Gray is one. One of the boys is named Edson, and then the other one was Louise. So, so I'm so assuming boy and, boy and girl. Okay. All right, yeah. good. And that's neither one of them had twins because that's common too. Uh, apparently, wouldn't it be I, uh, ironic if they both had twins? So just, yeah, that would be a weird, a weirder news story. Just so you know, I am a twin. Oh, that's I have right. a twin brother. Yeah, right. And uh, when I got my first ultrasound for when I was pregnant, and he's like, okay, here it is. And I was like, are you sure there's not two? <laughs> Please, God, make sure there's not two. I'm like, I, you know, God only gives you what you can handle. So I just had one. Um, Do you see so about anyway. the lady in the Middle East talk about weird news stories? Maybe you have this oh, one. Oh, God. Did you see oh. that one? I did. I, I, I moved past it. The nine babies. She had nine. 
And then there's also a weird news story that I'll get to next week about the guy who's the father of 72. So we'll move. Well, I'll, I'll find that one for next week. I figured one baby story was enough. Um, and now we're <laughs> this story. Oh, dear God. Uh, the first line of it is NSFW, not safe for work. Looks like Texas is trying to com- compete with Florida when it comes to crazy. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm not the only one who we're not the only we are the standard for crazy. Apparently. Uh, yeah. We're going to go to Houston, Texas. I can't play the video because there's so many F words in the video because on Sunday night in Houston, there's a uh, guy's like walking around or uh, walking his dog and he sees a tiger walking around in this neighborhood in Houston. And there's a video of it. And it is a very large Bengal tiger. Is Carol Baskin attached to a leash? No, yeah. yeah. Carol, it's just (laughs) the one that ate Carol's husband. Um, Yeah, there's a freaking tiger, like, walking around. Chad, look at this picture here. This is video. I can't play the video, but there's a tiger. And it's, like, in a normal neighborhood. So, (laughs) Chad's like, oh. Okay, so who who's the owner of the tiger? Where did the tiger come from? Well, the owner is a guy named Victor Cuevas, and um, he's 28, and he lives in the neighborhood and apparently has a tiger. And um, the problem is he doesn't just have a tiger. He's, he's out on bond for murder, okay? So he killed a guy and um, is on bond. And it's 2017, I guess, court cases are well, way back. Really this is not up. New York. This is... Texas. Why are we bonding out a guy for murder who has a tiger? It says, I don't write the stories, (laughs) gentlemen. You're both asking me the same questions at the same time. I don't write them. I just read them. Apparently, he shot and killed a guy in 2017. He said it was self-defense, but he's facing murder charges. Oh, yeah. He didn't mean to. That's what he said. Or he had to. Uh, So, anyway, um, the person who saw, that was out walking their dog, that saw the tiger walking around is an off-duty police officer. So he calls for backup, radios in, and, oh, no, no, they find, oh, it's even better. <laughs> They're like, they find the owner of the tiger. But at that point, Victor Cuervas is like, I'm out of here. He grabs the tiger and puts it in the back of his Jeep Cherokee. And then they were on the run. And then finally, Victor was caught yesterday. Remember, puts the tiger in his white Jeep Cherokee and takes off as backup is being called. (laughs) The story just gets better. And it gets better because they finally catch him. Guess where the tiger is? No idea. That's what nobody knows. (laughs) The tiger is currently MIA. He had the tiger in his car. And then drives off, and he's gone on the run for a day, and then they finally catch him, and the tiger's gone. So where's the tiger? Nobody knows. Is it loose outside of Houston? Did he set it free? Did he give it to Carol Baskin? Is some there somebody involved with the tiger? Anyway, the quote is um, from the law enforcement agency. The <laughs> I love the quotes from the police officer. Quote, if Tiger King taught us anything, it's that normal people don't own tigers. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to confirm, Appar- Joe Exotic's still in jail, right? He's not involved in this yes, story. Yes, he's okay. still in jail. He did not get pardoned right before Trump uh, <laughs> left office. But it says uh, that he also had two monkeys in his house. Uh, monkeys in Houston are legal, but tigers are not. So he's going uh, back to jail. But we haven't like, found the tiger. It's still out there somewhere. Tiger's gone. We don't know where the tiger is. Tiger's somewhere in, Oh, by the uh, way, if that used Jeep. Jeep comes up for sale, it's going to have a shredded back seat. It's, it's, Here, see. kitty, 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 kitty. Oh, my God, you guys. Again, if you ever have a weird news story, send it to me. Thank you very much. That wraps it up for today. That was enough. Oh, my God. That was enough. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for sending in. By the Tell way, all- would you wreck if you were driving down the highway and you looked over and there was a tiger staring at you from the back seat of a Jeep? What if you were, like, in traffic and it was in the car in front of you? And, oh, like, or, like, right beside you at this red light? Yeah, you look over and there's the tiger staring at you. Oh, I, I, my. 
<laughs> you know, that'd be better than if it, I were walking my dog and saw a ginormous Bengal tiger walking down the street. Anyway, that's <laughs> anyway, enough. That's it for today, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you being here on a very weird news day all the way around. Uh, you know, be safe. Mary and Jennifer will be here tomorrow with a normal show talking about horse training. So they'll be here for that. And then we have really bad ads on Friday. We have, what, $500 in prizes we're giving away this month. So get your ads into Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com. It's Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com. If you post them on our Facebook page or private message us on one of our many Facebook pages, we might not see them and they might not get posted and you might not get credit. So the one way to do it is Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com. If you want to leave it as a voicemail and get double the credit, just go to HorseRadioNetwork.com and there's a voicemail button on the right side. Do this on your phone. Open your browser on your phone. Go to our website. Click on the voicemail button and you record it right into your phone and automatically, miraculously sends it through the airwaves to us. You don't have to do anything else. So we'll get it that way if you do it through your phone and you record it yourself. And we encourage you to do that because by Friday at that time, we're tired and we don't want to talk anymore. So how you do the work? <laughs> hey, um, in the post show today, by the way, I'm going to do the story about the man who has fathered <clears throat> 77 children. <laughs> Intentionally or was this accidental? Well, you'll have to tune in to to find out. All right, good. I'll do that. com can find all the past episodes of our shows. And thank you to Purina, to Stateline Tech, and to Equiderma for sponsoring today's show. Bay Neuter Geld, everybody. And that has never been more true than the story I'm going to tell you post-show. 